flash photography. <laughs> I told you, get the camera! Hello, ladies. Team Generation X proudly brings to you its WWF Tag Team Champions of the World! And that's the bottom line. Welcome to episode four of the Working Stiff podcast, the podcast that pulls in the punches. I'm your host, Aaron Babcock, and to my left is the May Young to my fabulous moolah, Jerry. Does, does that mean I'm going to give birth? King. Am I going to give birth to a hand? Do I have to have sex with Mark Henry? <laughs> no, God damn it, I could have. Am I going to have to get put powerbomb through a table by the Dudleys? Oh. Anyway, uh, you're listening You're listening to uh, Working... St- Fuck, I can't even do that. <laughs> that got me good. All right, sorry guys, we're on Podbean, we're on iTunes, YouTube, all the places you get podcasts. Uh, this week on the podcast, we've got Bill Kincaid, um, worked AV production in Southeastern Championship Wrestling. Um, during the 70s. I guess its inception was 77 on up. Um, so we chat a little bit about his uh, his time during during that promotion. Um, some pretty interesting stories about old NWA wrestlers. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about his band, differences between going on the road um, with, uh, with his promotion and with his band, and, you know, just shot the shit and had a pretty good time. Before we get into that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, our predictions for NXT TakeOver um, and about how fucking awesome it's going to be compared to Mania. So Mania, as far as I'm concerned, can suck my butt. Aside from a couple of matches? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah aside from, from I mean, you know, really, Dean and... The only, the only thing I'm looking forward to about the New Day uh, League of Nations match is just the crazy elaborate entrance I'm hoping they make for a new day. I didn't think about that. I was Yeah, I was, it's WrestleMania. You have to have crazy elaborate entrances or I, do you not remember Triple H's fucking Terminator entrance? A waste of fucking time. <laughs> I, I bet development was just like they could have paid me more instead of they they bought robotics. Why do they buy robotics? And that, I'm sure that Arnold cameo alone was. Oh yeah, that cost him some money. A little bit of money there. Not maybe New Day can ride it in on a full size. Yeah, unicorn, I'm, I'm hoping a they full just scale unicorn. They bring in a real life unicorn, like a Trojan horse unicorn, maybe, and then they all pop out at the end. That'd be great. Just sneak in. That'd be great. A little hell of Troy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into that. Oh um, God. Who do we, who do we got on the bill here? We're just talking about that a little bit. Talking about takeover, uh, Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin. So um, I know Austin Aries is definitely going to be pretty awesome. So let's yeah, it's going to be great for Aries, but Corbin's still a snooze fest. Can't wait for the no self fest that is Baron Corbin. Uh, It'll be fun. Uh, Apollo Cruz. Always excited to see Apollo Cruz going up against the Drifter. Hopefully, we see him smash that guitar over his face, do a little Jeff Jarrett action. God, I hope that fucking happens. <laughs> I'm excited for the revival versus American Alpha. Um, I'm excited for anything involving American Alpha. I like the revival though. The, I'm, I'm a big fan of the. I'm, I'm a I mean, big yeah, fan I, of the, I'm, 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 the I'm all about age. it too. It's a you know, it's a throwback to the the Andersons and all the teams like that. But also, just American Alpha. First of all, just Chad Gable in general is a fucking machine. Uh, the number one contenders match they had against the Vaude Villains, where he had that like roll through and then German. Dude, on Aiden English is fucking ridiculous. He's an, an American. He's a he was a wrestler in the Olympics, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I mean, the dude's legit. Like those those both those guys are legit, like decorated Greco style wrestlers, and they've they've made it work for him in the ring. They've done the transition very well. Yeah, I'm probably more excited. Um, for Nakamura versus Zayn. It's That's, a shame that one of them has to win. Yeah. Because it's... No, one of them has to lose, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, one of them has to lose, one of them has to win. Luckily, hope, I mean, Sami Zayn's probably going to be involved I at think, WrestleMania in whatever the Intercontinental title match ends up becoming. 
probably some sort of multi-man thing they got going on. I'm into that too. I think I think uh, putting the putting the intercontinental belt on Steen was a was a smart move because you know he's the prize fighter, and it's actually I think it's really uh, I think it's really bumping the intercontinental cred again, which yeah needs to happen. I remember back what well, back in the day the intercontinental was that was, was the number huge. one I mean, contender. You were the number huge. one contender. Had, yeah. I mean, just look back at some of the matches they've had over the years. I mean, fucking Sean and Razor in that. Ladder match. match of fucking like, I my knees blow out just watching that match. Uh, Terrible. To, I can't and they only had one ladder. <laughs> they only so they had, kept they kept using they, that ladder against each other. It's like, well, it looks like we it, still got to climb this wobbly ass it, ladder. It looked like it was a rolled up piece of fucking tinfoil at <laughs> the end of it, though. Uh, I mean, look at all the people that were intercontinental champions. I mean, you got the probably the best, the most famous. Intercontinental champion of all time, the fucking hockey, the hockey talk, talk man. man, the hockey talk man, um, uh, Macho Man, uh, Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart, Bret Shawn Hart, Michaels, Shawn Michaels, yep, yeah, all those guys. So uh, to see, dude, to see Steen wear that fucking belt, you know, that's that's a big that's a that's a big deal for me. That's that's like borderline goosebumps for me. I'll be honest. Oh so. no, and I mean, anytime you have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on screen at the same time, I immediately dude, just think about think about <laughs> this two two weird dorky Canadians growing up, and what they I mean, they want to be that's where they want to be. They want to be at fucking WrestleMania. That is it. That's like that is their that is their yeah. lifetime achievement right there. Yeah, I mean, and they, I mean they've been I mean they've been together in the same companies coming up together for fucking like 13 14 years and i mean they've so. either they've either been in a tag team with each other or fighting each other that entire time basically and there's there's something weird with me about i love watching like best friends outside the ring beat the hell beat out the of each other each inside other, yeah. the ring because they're not afraid of ah, dude. anything they're i not- mean just just look at the rivalry between triple h and Shawn michaels those matches were amazing. Yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give uh, I'll give those matches some credit, mainly for Shawn Michaels because well, yeah, Shawn about, Michaels. You know is, how I feel about Triple H, yeah. so yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll be honest. Like I think, like I think we were talking about that you know, when Hunter was on the show, when Hunter Hours was on the show. Uh, that uh, dude, when when he retired and he came back, he had some of the best matches in his oh, yeah. entire life when he came back. So uh, him him and him and Flair both had kind of oh, this yeah. career renaissance. When they came back after being gone for a while, I was never really a big Flair fan. Um, you know, growing up when I was a kid, but um, you know, I remember watching him when he came back to the WWE. I thought I thought he did some really good stuff. He could hang with the with the young kids. So, oh yeah. Well, and I mean, most of what Flair did was just chops, woos, and selling. And I mean, he you could, could sell, he, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made people look good, but he still came around. Came you know, came through with the W. So yeah. Anyway, um, back to the. F- Fairy tale life that is that is Zane and Owens though just to see them both being in WrestleMania I mean that's that's literally that's 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 like fucking winning the Super Bowl you know it or, is um, but uh, it's a, it is a shame that Nakamura and Zane somebody's got to come away with a with a with an L there but and it's, it's probably going to be Nakamura because you're not going to have one of the best wrestlers you're right in the world come in and take an L I mean. And Sami Zayn's not afraid to take the loss. I mean, it's no. probably going to be his last match in NXT. Yeah. I, would, I would have to assume. You're absolutely right. I agree so, with that. So either he's, way, he's really just wanting to put on a show. He's like, I'm just happy to wrestle Nakamura. I don't think. And, this, yeah, I don't think this is, this is going to be a rivalry because I've I've thought of a few different ways it could go, and I thought we could. I actually thought of a, a cool. Uh, we should do a bet on this, like how the match will end, like how it actually will end. God. You know, I'm I'm hoping double count, no, not double count out, but like yeah, de- <laughs> like double knockout, double KO would be fucking awesome. But those guys beat the sh- but that would leave it open. You know, that yeah, them, that that leave the story. Well, they kind of so. did that with the Samoa Joe Sami Zayn thing, where they had that triple threat match with Corbin, and they both had him in a submission, and they tapped. So then they had the match where it ended in a yeah. double pin. So then they had the two out of three falls <laughs> match. Yeah, so they've I'm already sure. kind of done that. And this is just something that they want to bring Nakamura in and legitimize his, you know, his his. Yeah, because I mean, his, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of the NXT full sale fans are just like hardcore fans, so they're gonna know him. But you know, the mainstream WWE fans, the basic white girls, the WWE won't quite. Yeah, but they will. They will. But they'll they'll, they'll see him wrestle Sami Zayn. They'll see him do his weird 
Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson. I love, dude, I love it. Shit. I love the flamboyance. It's, it's been a long great. time since I've seen. I mean, besides Dalton Castle, I, think, I don't think anybody in the, you know in the industry right now is this. Well, Joy Ryan, never mind. There's, yeah. they've, they've got a few people out there. <laughs> Nobody's. Yeah. But not. But Nakamura is great. I mean, especially. I mean, the the one thing that a lot of Japanese wrestlers have against them, and it's not their fault. Going into WWE is you know the whole transition of speaking English yes. and trying to it's, it's hard trying to get over promos in a in a second language and I'll be honest I think what the WWE and you know a lot of a lot of the bigger promotions are failing at is 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 they're, they're forgetting the role of the manager yeah and so I think that would really I, I'll just be honest uh, Brock Lesnar is not the best uh, he's not the most literate no, person. He, he, he does not need to do promos. No. Paul Heyman can do his exactly. promos forever. So, so I think that they're really doing people a disservice by not having by not having managers. No, uh, you've got Paul Heyman and Lana, and that's about it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and even now, Lana's making the transition into being a wrestler. I don't know man. how I feel about that. She just needs to just to stay perfect. <laughs> she just needs to not you don't not want, tarnish her. Re- you don't want her to get any more injuries. I don't. You don't want her to hurt her perfect body. No, no, I'm not worried about that. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want it to ruin like my perception of her. Just she's a, she's a sweet angel, okay? I, she's a sweet little delicate flower. I just want her to be safe. I just want her to be. Please don't potato her. Um. Oh, anyway, anyway, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's something. Uh, or even even getting, I don't know. But they they need it. They I think they need to start doing something with managers at full sale. I think that'd yeah. be awesome. You know, um, I felt the same way about Enzo. About you know he's he's not a bad wrestler. He's an okay wrestler, but he's just a better. I think he's just better on the mic. You he's know? great on the mic, and I mean he you know, it's kind of the same with uh, with Xavier. You got the new day in there tagging, and he's outside trash talking, playing trombone. It's, it's a perfect spot for him. Talking to the crowd. I mean, you could have Enzo outside of the ring doing his weird dance moves, trash talking, uh, you know, stealing a commentary mic and saying some shit, and then putting it back down. Dude, he's fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's he he's. He, I I think he his work's incredible. Uh, I mean, I can't think honestly. I mean, everyone knows that Enzo's the mouth and Cass is the is the. Oh yeah, is the uh, he's the one know. out there who kicks ass. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty much it. Um, anyway, so yeah, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, which which think, you know, I, I honestly feel that we're really spoiled now watching yeah. NXT, just seeing all these incredible matches. When you could see, think about how awesome that would would you know see it, it would be seeing uh, you know Prince Devon and Joe, you know. You know, in it's Japan crazy. or something like that, yeah. or on Ring of Honor, that you know, that's incredible. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, look at the card though. Look how spoiled we are with Finn Balor and we're Samoa Joe, and we're forgetting the women's match. Yeah, you Nakamura, Sami Zayn. You got Oscar going for the women's and title. Bailey, seeing her in NXT Nashville, holy shit, she was over, and so was Bailey, of course. But every, dude, I was stoked to see. She looks, she looked incredible. I mean, she worked the crowd incredibly. I mean, she. I mean, she knew how to work the crowd. It's, you know, I don't, you know, I mean, ba- Bailey's at that point where she, there's really nothing more that she can no. do. She's, she's done it all. Yeah, she has. And to think about, uh, she's she's honestly more over than a lot of the women on the main roster. She's more over than more of the men on the main roster too. True. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, and Oscar is just a legitimate ass kicker. Yeah, we we were talking earlier about you know it being a, a bit of a detriment to their you know to their brand by not being able to speak fluent English. You yeah, know, it's not their fault. But but no, Oscar is also one of those people. She gets a lot of messages conveyed just in yeah facial expression exactly. body mannerisms language. i mean yeah. it's i think she knows how to do it. she knows how to do it correctly she she knows how to come correct so and she doesn't have to speak cuz you can kick your head off your yep. shoulders yep and austin aries and fucking <laughs> uha paula cruz i mean look that's an that's yeah that's the ticket man that's fucking awesome that's the real show so yeah and then what but you look at it you know look at look at I'm. I think I'm more excited about uh, about the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I'm pretty stoked about that. But um, well, yeah, because that's where the social outcasts are going to be. <laughs> just depressing me, depressing me. Um, but I mean, come come on, Kalisto Ryback. 
No, it's, it, they they got to have a fucking Dave and Goliath matchup. Yeah, They're going to make Kalisto look great. And make him look strong. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get the win over Ryberg. Got to get, yeah, over right. Dude, he's he's just, he's coming into his final form. He's coming into his final form. He's, I think they should bring Gilberg back. I'll be honest. I would pay to see a Gilberg Ryback match. Gilberg. With, with Bill Goldberg as the guest referee. <laughs> dude, you're going to make the internet. Here's my implode. money, take it. It's gonna make. Did you speaking of take my money? Did you did you order the the Shane McMahon jersey yet? Oh, you know I did. The second I saw it go up, I ordered that. Did you put it on the card? <laughs> you put it on. You just put it on the card, baby. Man, just put it on. Put it on whatever. Put I need a Shane McMahon jersey in three. my life. Give me three of them. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm actually mostly terrified for two people. Um, I'm terrified. Dean for Ambrose. Dean Ambrose and Shane McMahon. Yeah. They're both going to die. They might just actually die. I don't. I don't think Dean Ambrose is afraid to die. I think he's Dean going Ambrose into this match fully, fully aware that he's probably going to die. He might, and he's okay with that. Dude, he's going to die. Shane McMahon. He's got a god. He's got a damn family. He does have a damn family. Um, I and he's, in, he's in hell in a cell, dude. with the Undertaker. And I mean, the Undertaker is like a fifty-five-year-old man. So, which means that Shane McMahon is gonna, it's gonna bump. He's gonna, he's gonna take the bump. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just your Roman Reigns and your Triple H match. I might. I, I mean, the women's match is still gonna be amazing. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into the interview with Bill. Uh, like I said, he did AV for um, Southeastern Championship Wrestling. Uh, back in the late seventies uh, to the eighties, uh, but we uh, we appreciate him coming on to the show, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, we're here with Bill Kincaid on the show. Um, thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Um, sure. But uh, we're just gonna talk a little bit about your time with SMW at Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, uh, that was in Kingsport, right? Kingsport, Knoxville area, all through there. Uh, yeah. It was actually there in Smoky. It was I'm sorry, Southeastern Championship Wrestling. <laughs> and then I think later went to Smoky after uh, a few things. But go on. I mean, yeah, when, when, I was, when Cornette started that or whatever. Yeah, uh, Cornette had it right after that. When I was directing the show, it was uh, Ron Fuller was the guy that had the territory. So uh, I guess God, I can't even remember now. And I guess it's, I get it from. Uh, 73 to 77, 78. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to think when Cornette came in, probably about that time, it was Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I believe. Okay. That's awesome. So so how'd you get involved with with that promotion? Did, were you a big wrestling <laughs> fan, I guess? Or I know that's... that's. Well, at the time, I was one of the younger directors at uh, WBR Channel 10, and I think they came in and said, hey, you know, we've been... Uh, uh, so we've been approached by some people in the wrestling show, and I thought, yeah, so we thought you'd be perfect for it. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm 20 something years old. Oh, yeah, it'd be cool. We'll pay you extra money to do it. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I said, let's jump in and do it. And, you know, and uh, at that time, Les Thatcher was the guy with uh, Ron Floor. He wanted to change up the traditional old wrestling shows, you know, you come on. No, the wrestling shows, uh, you mean? Wrestling. Is <laughs> it went from wrestling to wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wanted to come in and change it, you know, because uh, the station in that time was, uh, we had a local guy named Big Jim Hess, and he was the uh, announcer for uh, WTVK, uh, which is Channel 26, which is now uh, morphed into WVLT. But anyway, he was doing a lot of the good old boy type wrestling thing he had this thing called a whoop your head off hold and you know he, <laughs> it was just basically he was just be like if you know you're at a bar and you were watching wrestling he was basically doing that sure so uh, he was just announcing oh you know this guy did this is all you know but when Les came in with Ron Floor and they first they said we want to start Making uh, wrestling a little more than just you know, oh, oh, oh wrestling, wrestling. Yeah, you know, yeah, mod- modern, modernizing it a bit, you know, giving a little bit yeah, of a twist. Exactly. And you being in your early twenties, you know, they, fit, they thought you were a pretty good fit for it. So, oh yeah, per- you're exactly right. And you were, you yeah, were, you were directing it then at that age. You were yeah, directing yeah, the TV yeah, show. Uh-huh. Sure, and uh, which what that was in lo- what Knoxville? That was in, on a local yeah, Knoxville show. Yeah, we did it. Uh, we taped it at. Uh, Channel 10 Studios every Saturday morning. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. 
we have a line of people outside waiting to get in, you know. I mean, it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, you know, it was fun. I mean, because I think, you know, Les Thatcher, Ron Fuller, and those guys, they had some ideals that are basically going on right now. I mean, Les wanted to do, Les Thatcher wanted to do this replay. We started doing that. He wanted to do these things we call personality profiles, which, you know, wrestlers come in. We know a little more than just wrestling. What does a guy do in his uh, off time? One of my funny stories was uh, Ronnie Garvin was wrestling at the time. He was an accomplished pilot. Yeah. Hmm. And, and um, no kidding. I did more than just direct those shows. I also used a 16-millimeter camera to, to film the matches on Friday, and then we'd get it processed and run it Saturday morning on the show when we recorded it. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. But so. We were flying with him one time, and I got sick as a dog because he was flying a little Cessna. <laughs> and we were flying around. It was a warm day, and we were hitting these little air pockets. Man, I was sick as a dog. Yeah. Air <laughs> but that was some of the stuff that they were doing at the time, which is probably going on to the bigger wrestling, you know, and there wasn't any cable outlet. So, you know, it was uh, it was king for a while. I mean, you know, we, they did the matches at uh, Coliseum. They usually sell out. I guess Coliseum seats maybe six. Five hundred dollars is a sellout for the most part back in the heyday. So, so this is in Southeastern Championship Wrestling. Yes, correct, sir. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was. I'm gonna say for anybody in the wrestling from the seventies on, you know, it's like I think Harley Race was world champ for NWA, and you know, I guess now WWE runs all that, but it was NWA then. It was Harley Race, Terry Fox, Funk Brothers. Uh, Andre the Giant, party with Andre the Giant, he was big around the time, I think who the bigger names were at the time, you know, oh shoot, those, uh, well anyway, my, also, you know, party, or drank beer with uh, a guy named uh, Terry Bollet, I guess, yeah. who's in the, and who went on, but he was Sterling Gold, and when he wrestled in his market, and he went on, you know, he didn't last long here, he was here maybe six months, and he was gone. <laughs> So you did a lot of production work, but did you do did you do anything with them besides just production work? I guess did you did you do any street team stuff? Did you were you involved a little bit more in depth with the with the promotion? I guess or did you actually work for the yeah, promotion? I, or yeah, I mean you know I had my hands on a lot of it. You know we would uh, I don't know. I try let me get your question again. Basically. Um, I had a lot of hands-on. I mean, it was basically me doing a lot of stuff. I remember trying to wrap my camera at some of these shows out of market and shooting like that. I mean, filming the matches and having to come back and have somebody develop a film while I would do it. So it was fun for me. You know, I'm a young guy, you know, not, not married, no kids. I was running around with the wrestlers, which were, to me, basically rock stars in your own right. You know? <laughs> uh, who were who were your favorite people to work with? If you could, oh, uh, uh, I'll tell you who was that. Uh, oh, uh... We've got to be good friends. Uh, Bob Fortin Jr. Mm-hmm. and uh, I think his partner at the time, they were like the tag team guys. I used to call them, used to call them flyers because they could wrestle. They'd jump all around the ring. They were very athletic. <laughs> uh, Bob Rook was good at the time. Probably dating you guys because a lot of young people, if they weren't into wrestling, I mean, they were probably some good people working with. Rock and roll specials, basically just breaking out when I was uh, probably at the end of my time with wrestling. Andre the Giant was a great guy. He was a super nice guy. Uh, a lot of guys were hardcore, you know, like Mr. Wrestling 2. I never saw him take off his mask. I was in and out of the dressing rooms all the time. He was hardcore. He was, <laughs> he was all about it, man. He was like, Full you know. living the gimmick. Take, yeah, li- li- yeah, he didn't take his mask. Yeah, he wouldn't take his mask off anything. You know, he'd wear it, you know, he'd live it on all the time. I was hearing I was hearing things about him like wearing it into the locker room and into the shower because he didn't want anybody yeah, local to who he was. Yes, he, he would not take it off. <laughs> I mean, I seen him come out of the shower and he'd have it on. He was he was in character twenty four seven. So, uh, but I, I mean, and uh, Ron Ron Fuller was a great guy. He was a star of the man. I mean, you know, he he came from a history of uh, a family. His family were in the wrestling. His dad wrestled. His brother, you know. And, I guess uh, Kevin Sullivan. A little history about Kevin Sullivan. Uh, he bought um, a lady in. I guess she became woman. She was angel here. My yeah, woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my band at the time did a video with him uh, and Angel at the time. Of course, Angel, you know, 
what happened to her, she came woman, and, you know, her wrestling husband, uh, I guess basically, allegedly, I guess, when a story kills this, her and uh, watch up the family, you know, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, but he was a good guy to work with. Most of the guys were really cool, you know. But I think Tor Tanaka, who was in a few uh, Chuck Norris movies and stuff, he's a great guy. And I got along with all the guys. You did, you know. man. You hit it. You you got to hang out with it. That was the golden age too. You know, the seventies, seventy seven yeah, and up yeah. from there. That's awesome. Um, you said you said that you you did a video for or with Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, we were in back in the day. Uh, uh, shoot. MTV was doing, you know, uh, unsigned bands and bands that were sending videos and stuff, you know, to them. And uh, been working at the TV station, had a little bit of an end. Yeah, but, no uh, kidding. You get to probably got to shoot it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got the video shot. I edited and everything. And Kevin, uh, basically, our song was basically Tron, our singer, as his real name, Tron, was... Uh, him and Angel were in a relationship, and Kevin was breaking that up and stuff. So the video was based around it. It was kind of cheesy, man. I'm sure MTV saw that and laughed her head down. These guys need to see them in this video. This is horrible, you know. But it was fun for us to do. <laughs> please, a little history, you know? please tell me you have a copy of that somewhere. Oh, uh, we do. God. Uh, <laughs> I need that. I need you that. You know, on the internet, on YouTube, there is a show. There was a local show called Making, I think it's Making Music. A guy sent me a link to it about two years ago, Aaron, and it's, uh, see if you can find Making Music, I think that's the name of it, and, uh, maybe also put in a header, Kevin Sullivan, video, local band, but yeah, I'll see if I can find it too, send it to you, since we're friends on Facebook now, but yeah. it's out there somewhere, it's out there. Oh my God. Oh man, you got, I've got a Jerry curl stuff, so, man. I gotta see. I gotta. Oh, see, I gotta see. I gotta see Bill Kincaid with the Jerry curl. That's what I need to see. That's that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Dude, we're right out of the eighties. A rock music handbook. You know, we wear spandex. You know, uh, little wristbands that were dead. You know, bandanas wrapped that. I mean, oh yeah. Right oh yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I re- I remember uh, hearing a lot about you know during that time you know MTV was hitting big and you know and. Uh, of course, wrestling was huge at that time too. But there was a lot, of, a lot of people was crossing over. I know, you know, wrestling and music were were kind of one and the same at one point in time. You know, uh, as far as right. the entertainment, you know, entertainment aspect goes. But right, yeah, we did a show. As a matter of fact, as a later on, I want to say before Cornette got into this market, which is whoever your listeners are, was the East Tennessee area. You know, probably said Donsel Kingsport, around Chattanooga, that kind of thing. That. Uh, we did a, like a variety, kind of a variety show. I got my hands up as quotes. And uh, Kevin was kind of host and Les Thatcher. And it was basically, they would run matches from out of the market. They would get people to send in uh, matches, recorded matches from other places like Memphis, Atlanta, you know, Carolina. Yeah. And we were part of that. And I, I might have it show somewhere, but there was a show one time. We did like two or three of our original songs on it band at that time and they would come in and talk about what was going on and try to make it like a talk show like a letterman type thing that's awesome and, yeah and I don't know if I got any copies of that later on it was that was a fun time you know and I think that's right before cable TV came in you know and uh, took over and WWE to pop in and then I think it wiped out a lot of you know, yeah well, they were they, they were the king to send, king of syndication, right? You know, because they had they had yeah. the cable advantage, you know, being up north from the northeast, whatever, yeah. you know. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, you know, back back in the seventies and eighties, all there really was was what tape trades, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, man. I mean, we get like matches coming in. I mean, I was directing the program, and uh, and we like, you know, this is Friday night, you know, Cedric uh, Coliseum, you know, Harley Race is wrestling, you know. Ron Fuller for the, you know, NWA championship belt. And then we'd get a, we'd get a video of, you know, actual, a match with Harley, you know, with somebody and stuff like that, which is cool. And then, you know, Cable took over and you, you know, that basically killed, you know, what I call regional wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, killed the territories. Yeah, killed the territories. You're right. Aaron killed the territories because, yeah. you know, people could not start seeing guys wrestling, you know, from Canada all over it'd be right in your own backyard. You would have to go to a match now at the Coliseum to see, you know, say Ron Fuller and Ron Wright who were big at that time wrestling. You could go wait Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon and watch, you know, 
Somebody Atlantis wrestling on the, the NWL for TBS. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Fuller was trying to work something out with CBS, and that yeah. fell through. And so uh, I think Vince McMahon had probably had something to do with that because he he loved to he loved to kill territories. That was his favorite thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was his, that was his thing though. So what what station are you working at right now? I'm at. Uh, at the time, you know. Yeah. Especially yeah. especially at that time, you know. You had you had to hit all those all those markets, so. Um yeah, oh, yeah. That, was, that was guaranteed to to get some heat and get the fans invested and just exactly. boo the yeah. hell out exactly. of them. Yeah, bring oh, yeah. Heck yeah, you know. Um, I remember Ron Wright telling me and Ron Wright and I were real good friends. I mean, God rest his back, he's passed away, I guess going on a year now, but uh, he showed me a big old star. He was coming out of the match somewhere and some guy he made some guy so mad, a guy had a hook bill knife and just cut him, you know, like six inches down his back, you know. Yeah. But he still had that scar, yeah. So people, you know, maybe not as much then, but people took that stuff dude, really seriously. It was, it, I, yeah. I call it back then, dude, I call it the wild, wild west because it was because you never knew what you were going into, you know. Yes. You know, you had, uh-huh. especially within, you know, the the territories, whatever, you'd, you'd come, you know, right. you'd, you'd be, you'd be, in, yeah. you'd be in, you'd be in, you know, um, Lexington, Kentucky, one day, and the next day you'll be in Harlan, Kentucky, or whatever, and then you right. you might right. be on the wrong side of the tracks that day, and <laughs> yeah. might say something shitty and piss somebody off. So that's usually how it <laughs> went, though. Um, and man, I would, you know, I would quit. I would quit uh, wrestling. I worked. I guess I worked for them for four, four or five years, maybe, maybe not even that long. Aaron, and I took off on the road with my bands that time, and we went. I guess we, I got on the road six, seven months and starved to death, came back. Of course. And, uh, the wrestling guys, they liked me so much, they hired me back, but I was only, you know, I was filling matches for them, and I was going to these territories dropping off posters. So I'd be driving up in Harlan and Hazard, Kentucky, you know, just black kid, you know, <laughs> back in the 70s, going to these little towns. I'm like, hey, man, can I put a poster up your place? They'd look at me funny. This wrestling guy, come on, man, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Then I'd, I'd give them free tickets. Yeah, especially in the South. Oh, yeah. think that you know you and i you and i both played in bands before or i mean oh, you, yeah. you still play in a band but i mean i think that being on the road in a band and you know being on the road uh you know in a promotion it's it's i mean you lived it but you lived it both ways you know you're on the road yeah, with you're on the road with uh you know with southeastern and you're on the road with your band and and i think it's uh i think it's a very similar similar uh uh livelihood though but, it is. I think, you know, I've seen wrestlers, it's like big bands, you know, big rock and roll bands. They got their groupies, you know, the wrestlers had their ring rats. I mean, I've seen Ring rats. <laughs> ring rats. Oh, yeah. They would be. I, I've seen a lot of stuff, guys. <laughs> Not naming any names, <laughs> but. Yeah. I mean, I'm, Do you live in that rock and roll life? Exactly. 
Yeah. So I was called little mini rock stars, man. They had their following, and they were just each individual had their own thing. They'd have their own bunch of groupies following them around, you know, town to town, you know. So it was a. I need to write a book. <laughs> you do. You do need to write a book. You do need to write a book, man. You've you've seen some shit. Um, I have. I have seen some stuff, guys. <laughs> um, do you keep in touch with anybody from from back in the day? I guess from southeastern. One, one of my best friends. I keep up in touch with two guys. It's Les Thatcher and another guy's name's Mac Murray, who's a, a referee. He still lives in the area. I think I think he lives outside of Les, I think, running like a gym in Ohio because he's really from there. But Thatcher was big guys. If you listen to this, and that. him and a guy named Whitey Caldwell used to wrestle in this area all the time back in the '60s. And uh, I won't say Les was probably seventy-five. He was great. I mean, he's a big old boy, but he works out all the time. But I stay in touch with Les all the time, and uh, I've tried to get a hold of Kevin Sullivan a few times. But Kevin and I are pretty close, but uh, I don't know all that happening with. Uh, Woman and people approaching him because I started. I tried to get in touch with him right after that. And he didn't respond. I got a phone number from uh, West Thatcher and I tracked down a few people. Uh, Jimmy Goldman, I think, still wrestles locally. Yeah, he does. He's actually he's kin to Robert and Ron Fuller, her cousin. I introduced Jimmy to his wife. Oh, did you? <laughs> and they're still married. That probably that's crazy. That that in itself is a uh, is crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, I would imagine, though, you, you could probably find Kevin on Facebook. I don't know if you'd I'm going to try to find him. I found Bob Roop on Facebook. Uh, matter of fact, a girl he used to date around town came out and saw the band this weekend, and we were talking about that. And her husband recently died. She's trying to get a hold of Bob, but she found him on Facebook. So I sent him a request. I hadn't heard anything back. But, uh, I ran into Kevin Tesser. Uh, I was going to say, I ran, into Bo- I ran into Bob in Knoxville at this little hole-in-the-wall wrestling uh, retail store. One really? one time, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, obviously you know who Terry Lindell is. Um, oh heck yeah, the yeah. K Town Daddy, right? Um, yeah, oh yeah. I keep in touch with him all the time. Matter of fact, he called me the other day. I haven't returned his call. I've been busy. But yeah, I don't guess. Yeah, he <laughs> he was running a he was running a little wrestling shop, I guess, um, off Broadway. Yeah. Uh, in Fountain City area, and I guess I think he's doing it now out of his. You know, he was doing the bell bond. He's still doing the bell bonds, but I think yes, he's, he is. Right. Yeah. I think he was out in Corriton on that, but uh, but yeah, he had a little wrestling shot for a minute, and he had he had you know uh, he had Kane and Cowboy Bob in there not too long ago. It's it's probably about a couple of years ago, but we randomly went in there, and they were they were they were in there, and I was like, oh my god, and I of course yeah. picked up some old. Uh, I think he had some old Smoky Smoky Mountain tapes in there that I picked up. So. He did. And- Man, I could kick myself. When I left um, Channel uh, 10 to go to Channel 8, I left about, guys, three or four huge cardboard boxes of film that I had done mm. from uh, wrestling days. And they remodeled and threw all that out. Oh, That's my like God. That's like history. I mean, yeah, dude, that was history right there. I mean... That was history, and... uh Somebody said they had tried to get in touch with me. They wanted to know if I wanted it. And I'm like, man, I wish they, they didn't try hard enough. No. <laughs> Majority of that film, I'm going to say two-thirds of that film that was shot was by me. So, uh, and I didn't throw it all away. And I was like, man, I wish I could have had it. Because it was a lot of history, a lot of good matches. I remember when Harley Race and Ron Floyd wrestled for the NWA Championship belt. They wrestled for like 45 minutes. And, Lord. Uh, and those are two Browleys, yeah. too. Yeah. So they were, I'm and sure they were just out of breath. And I'm, I'm going to tell everybody now. I knew when they was going to happen. They gave me cues, you know, when to start filming their last match. You know, they said, this would be, like, Ron said, I'm going to throw Harley. After 40 minutes, I'm going to throw Harley out of the ring. Start filming then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I knew cues. I, you know, being a director, I knew, you know. You had to. things. Yeah, you got and the cool cool thing now about you know about the I guess this is the era the era information the era of reality because you know everyone know everyone understands you know that of course it's scripted and all but yeah they've seen, they've seen right. behind the curtain yeah yeah but yeah. you should check that have you seen behind the curtain that uh, that I documentary don't think I have. Uh, no I need to now uh, oh who was the guy he was a good friend of mine he went on and I think Colorado Rivera back in the years did excellent day on wrestling. What was his name? He was here for a while. He always acted like he was crazy and stoned and high, and I can't think of his name. He had a big old curly ass, little man. And 
he, uh, we were pretty good friends. I keep thinking his name, but he went on the TV and did the, uh, he smacked the guy. I was interviewing him. I don't know if it was a lot over Yeah, it was uh, David Schultz. Yeah, yes, yes. Guys, you know, he probably came into this. He liked his uh, chemicals. <laughs> Bet he did. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was always asking stuff, man. And I, I knew a girl who was into wrestling. She was always like, hey, you know, Schultz, blah, blah, blah. That's the point about tomorrow, you know. I mean, I had connections, just, you know, I was like, because that's part of the business, you know, it was kind of another little, uh, you know, there's some shady parts of it, you know, I don't want to call it shady, you know, but still, but Dave Schultz, man, yeah, he was, uh, he's a wild man, Gorgeous George Jr., I remember him taking over a furniture store and making it like his living room so we could film him talking about a match coming up, that's what he was managing, I guess, uh, so he he went he went into a furniture store and then he set it up like it was his home. Yeah. <laughs> I guess when I guess when you you know when when you need a set you gotta you gotta call the people that you know you're like who do I know yeah. that that can help me out? yeah that's right and at the time you know that's when wrestling was big in Austin I mean people they were rock stars man they walked around you know it was like people open up doors just to you know say hey you know. Uh, I knew Bob Bob came in and shot a commercial here at my store. He came in and did some stuff, you know. I think he was the coolest guy. People, Andre the Giant was one of the coolest guys ever. You ever seen something? You see a guy that big drink uh, beer out of a out of a pitcher. That was, that was his right mug. Yeah. Well, you figure a guy, a, a guy that size. I mean, a pitcher to him is really just a uh, glass. Yeah, it's a twelve ounce yeah. beer to, to us. Giant. I mean, he was a, he was a good guy. Tor, I don't think I tore All these guys, man, were. I don't think I really met any jerks, you know. Uh, I mean, a lot of the people I knew went on to become big and famous. Like I said, my main thing I tell everybody is that I knew, you know, Hulk Hogan before he was Hulk Hogan, you know. So, uh, but uh, yeah, now I mean, he's now he's finally a millionaire again. So apparently, yeah. I don't know if you heard about that. He was. <laughs> yeah, uh, did you hear about the lawsuit he was involved in? I was watching, I think it was Sunday morning, uh, with my cup of coffee, and they were talking about he had that guy who went Gawker. They were doing a little backstory on him, and then they got to that lawsuit. So, uh, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, that's. I think he ended up suing for what, one and a half million? I think that's what it was. Or uh, something yeah, like that. I, got, I think. He, he wound up with like. 10, maybe. And I think he got 12.5. Oh, whoa. Right? Wait a second. Wait. Seriously? Look at see if he got Jeez. sued for 10, and he, I think he got 12.5. Well, God, I, I need, could be wrong with I need that. to I need to film a sex tape then, and then leak it. That's what I need to do. I have to agree. You gotta get famous and become famous, you know, or sleep with somebody that's famous. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think it was not just it's not just about that. It was it was just like private. I, I don't know if you read private, about yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said some off color stuff, and I don't know if you knew anything about WWF is basically just basically just completely disowned him. Um, yeah. So I mean, they wrote him out of a movie they were filming. Like they actually yeah. shot a f- film and they removed him out of the movie. Yeah, but they like to do that though. They like to remove. Uh, they like to just pretend like the wrestlers don't exist anymore. I mean, they did that with Chris Benoit right. for re- obviously right. for good reason. And you know, Jimmy Snuka is no longer really recognized anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know if you knew anything about that, but his. Uh, I, I don't. But I, you know, I've gotten out of it. Uh, it's become modernized. People still love it. I'm a drummer. He loves it. He used to watch. He tapes it. If he didn't, not home to watch. I didn't know that. I, I do. I, yeah. I see him like every, probably every two or three days come into the store. So I think he's there as much yeah. as I am. So yeah. he, he talks about wrestling. I had another old drummer of mine named Marty. Marty was one of the biggest wrestling fans. I mean, he was, uh, <laughs> excuse me, he used to, uh, he was in another band with my singer at the time. They came in off the road, and they'd always call me, man, can you guess him to see tape wrestling? <laughs> yeah, man, they'd come, i put them on the front row, you know, and here's a guy, old rock and rollers, you know, playing at uh, wrestling back in the day. So, yeah, they were, they were big wrestling fans. Scott's a big wrestling fan. He keeps me up to date kind of on what's going on. And last on Facebook, you know, if you, I think, I forget who just recently passed away, but uh, Les is one of my contacts from the keeps me up with dates from some of the uh, golden age of wrestling, I guess, who were, about 70, 80s who were passing on. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that, it's crazy that the, when you mentioned that Les Thatcher was 75, it, it's crazy to see. I think yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, he's 70. I, okay. I just pulled it up here. Yeah, he was born in 1940. And to, to be a wrestler and to be 
and to live that long, you know, especially oh, being did. such a big guy, you know, that's, you know, that's back in, back in the day when, you know, you, you, you needed, you needed some help to get that big. So oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> need a little bit of help, but uh, yeah, it's crazy to see that. I mean, shoot what this year, who else, who else passed away this year's wrestlers? Uh, I know. Months. We've lost maybe four or five wrestlers. I know. Maybe it's a lot, really. Just a just a couple of months ago, I think what Iron Mike Sharp yep. passed away. Yes, I, I saw that. And then uh, and I forgot. I tell you another guy. Speaking of going back, is uh, Blackjack Mulligan. Yeah. Uh, he he when he took over territory for a while, he was the booker. Me and him got along really good. Of course, his son Barry was going by Blackjack Mulligan Junior at the time. I don't know what is he gold dust deal or not gold dust, but what is he? Uh, What's he going under? He's Wyndham? Wyndham, yeah. Yeah, because... Um, I don't know what he's going D- under Dustin, Dustin Reynolds is uh, is Gold Dust. Yeah, that's uh, that's Dusty's boy. So yeah, I think... That's Dusty's boy. Yeah, I don't know what he's going by, though. I, no, I heard he was still wrestling. You're talking about Barry Wyndham? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if Barry Wyndham's still wrestling. I know he's got... Uh, uh, it's uh, Rotunda's kids are wrestling, because that's uh, Bo Dallas and... Yeah, my, you know, yeah. Mike, Mike Rotunda, the IRS... You know, remember that yeah. guy around yeah. Shasta? Yeah, his his kids are wrestling right now. Which I mean, he okay. married wow. into the Wyndham family. So. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I knew Barry was that. I knew Barry, man. He was skinny kid. Oh shoot. I'm gonna say he probably was six two, six three, maybe a hundred and eighty pounds, which is not a lot on a frame. Like no that. kidding. I'm sure. I don't know if he had any help getting any bigger, but you know. <laughs> like I said, guys, I've been out of it for a while, but just. Maybe I'll start watching again after talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're actually um, we're actually going to be going to a show in Newport, so coming up pretty soon. Uh, I think what next weekend? I think is what it is. Yeah, it's next Saturday. I next believe. Saturday, and they got some new guys in there, and they're they're pretty awesome. They're it's it's kind of cool now that you know since you know since of course the cable and the internet's going. Right, um, right. It's actually it's same thing with with bands. You know, it's really helped out. Um, booking and traveling and everything—it's—it's it's a lot easier now for, for, uh, for indie wrestlers to to get promoted, uh, right. you know, and to, uh, and you know, and to get noticed. And people are traveling around a lot. The thing, yeah, the it's, thing, it's 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 kind of like the territory days now. It's, it's like you, got, you got all these guys who are traveling to all these different indie promotions, you know, going from one end yeah. of the country to the other. And I mean, it's it's honestly it's 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 a great time for both wrestlers and wrestling fans. I mean, people can complain about the WWE product all they want, but I mean, there's a lot of options out there. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, like I said, we're, we're going to be going to a show. You're more than welcome to come with us. We're going to be going to a show in Newport. It's uh, yeah. was it Next Generation Wrestling? So that should be pretty fun. So it's um, that's that's cool because. Uh, Friend of mine locally is, I guess he's helping. I don't know if he's filming the matches or what he's doing for the Fox station. And uh, they got in touch with me. And I just, I mean, Les always calls me up. Matter of fact, I don't think I got off the ground about a year and a half ago. Les actually called me about going out of town. I'm going to say Georgia and doing a reality show on how to become a wrestler. I don't know if they ever got off the ground or not, but he was in touch with me about it. And uh, I just don't have time to do it anymore, but. Uh, I don't think made it out, but then somebody came and approached me locally about helping out on another wrestling program locally, mm-hmm. and uh, they're doing it. Fox, I guess Fox Forty Three is doing it now. I guess I don't, I'm assuming they're in it on Saturday afternoons. I'm not sure, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, you're right. There's still some people going around, and I think Terry Landell's trying to squash a lot of those people around. He'll do free shows and stuff. He'll he'll separate cross street from somebody doing a show just to do free, <laughs> a free show to put people out. He's done that for a long time. I could I could see that happen. I remember I remember um, God, where were we? I think we were going to me and my wife were just going over to like little up the street to Little Caesars to grab a pizza or whatever. And then that's in the that's in the um, Fountain City Shopping Center, like right yeah. where, where Kmart is, you know, right there. Yeah. So we were driving by there and we're like, there is a fucking wrestling ring set up in the Kmart parking lot. <laughs> and sure enough, it was Terry Lindell. And I call we call all my friends to come over and we just watched the eight. Ate really shitty pizza and sat on a curb and watched watched a <laughs> watched a wrestling show in uh in a, a Kmart Kmart, in a Kmart lot. parking lot. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know he was he's doing a he's doing a public access show. I don't know if he's doing it anymore, but I remember there for a minute he was doing a public access show and. Hey, uh, like, Terry, uh, he, he did it for a while. I, he might be still doing. It. He used to play my music all the time. We got a CD out. He played music all the time. And I appreciate it. I don't know, yeah, man. Throw it out. Throw it on there. <laughs> so, yeah. But 
Yeah, that's usually how it goes, you know. You know, um, you're involved in the business for so long, you don't know what the, what else to do, you know. Right. Um, but I'd th- be giving up playing music. I wouldn't know what else. To yeah, do exactly, exactly. I understand it all too well. Um, I think yeah. I don't remember him. I haven't seen any shows that he's doing lately. I I haven't seen anything, you know, any any no. any parking lot <laughs> any parking lot shows as of late. So, is there anything else you can think of? Any cool stories or anything? Or uh, let me think. Many I'm putting you on the uh, spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many stories, man. I'm trying to get all my stuff together. Uh, I went down to when Ron had bought the Mobile, Alabama territory. Uh, Ruben and Ricky Gibson were wrestling as a brother, too, though, before that, I guess we came to Ron Hall Express. But uh, Ruben went with somebody else. But anyway, went to a dog track at the Campbell. And uh, Ricky Gibson said, Hey, can you go make a bet? Some dogs, you know. He gave like 150 bucks, and I wanted. I guess you want to bet the first, second, third place dogs to come in. You come in first, second, third, you know, whatever. So I made the bet wrong. I bet for this one dog to win it all. He says, "I can't believe you did that shit, man. That's a lot of money." Like you know, coming in the 70s, 150 bucks probably be like four, five hundred now. You know. Yeah. Well. Thank goodness the dog came in and won. I think he wound up making him like five hundred bucks. <laughs> oh shit! I bet they were pissed as hell. <laughs> oh, they were at the time, man. I thought he was gonna kill me, but uh, that dog came in and he won. He won about five hundred bucks off of that. Yeah, okay, but now I'm trying to remember some other stuff that I'm trying to see if nobody will sue me over letting people know. <laughs> no, we can, we can, we can. As long as you say the word ali- allegedly, we'll say allegedly. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, you can say whatever you want as long as you say allegedly. So then it's. Yeah, allegedly, <laughs> I learned. I learned that uh, somebody told me that because they learned that the hard way. So, okay. but you, apparently you can say allegedly. Um, all right. Well, uh, all right, I appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on uh, Jerry and I's show. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and throw a link up of uh, of that video once I find it. And uh, you want to plug anything, or you want to plug your band, or plug any shows coming up? Band, everybody, find us on Facebook, got a web page. I would uh, download our uh, music on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Pandora, Labber.fm, the K Band. Download our music. As you, as you guys know, you two have been in the business that uh, I have to have a hundred thousand downloads to make a thousand dollars. So you're not getting rich putting your music up streaming. You know, it's a, uh, you know, it's definitely the people who are streaming your music are making their money. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's 100,000 downloads. No, thank you. Yeah, 100,000 downloads make 1,000 dollars. Everybody gets their piece of the pie. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, just leave it on repeat then, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Now, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine has got on a computer and just ran, let it run. Like I think you told me, I think you told me that once. I think you told me that yeah. as soon as you got it up on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's right. We just let it run. All right, that's awesome, Bill. All right, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming, man. Or thanks for being on the show. All right.